The Marcus Deegan Show. <laughs> What's the story, guys? Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Deegan. If you're watching this, you're listening to the accent, you're looking at the flag, you're thinking, where is this guy shooting from? He's got to be in Australia, right? He's an Aussie. Absolutely not. You guys know where I'm shooting from. Sin City, the place of bright lights and world title fights. There's no better place to be than here in this place at this time right now. I'm getting the privilege to talk to some of the really inspiring and entertaining people from around the world, from the entertainment industry and from the world of mixed martial arts, combat sports. That's what we're here for, right? Thanks for joining us. Today's episode is sponsored by Tidal Sport cryotherapy spray titlesport.com go check it out tell them marcus sent you thanks for joining us again if you're listening on spotify we do appreciate it apple podcast thank you and boom iHeartRadio. we're on that as well so thanks for listening wherever you are around the world today's episode we've got another great one for you um as i said before guys i like to speak to inspirational and dynamic people that have a story to tell that have an interesting story to tell uh my next guest is one of those people uh, he's the type of guy that if you're going out on a night drinking with the boys you definitely want to have this guy by your side let me just read out a couple of these accolades right here um four times pan am world champion three times world champion two times no guy world champion five times american national champ I mean, the accolades go on and on and on. He's a family man. The Mexican Aztec blood runs strong in his veins, which is why he's got to achieve so in my life, from struggles and tribulations to crawling out of the hole and making himself one of the number one names in the game. I'm very, very privileged to have him on the podcast today. Would you please welcome Hector Mighty Mouse Vasquez. What's the story, brother? What's up, brother? Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be on your show. And man, I'm just blessed, happy to be alive and you know, be here with you guys as well. Where does that positive attitude come from? Happy to be alive. Like, where does that, why is that something that you have to verbalize? Man, uh, you know, so about six months ago, I was diagnosed with prostate cancer. I'm 43. And um, man, I, I, it was a struggle and trying to stay positive for my students and making sure that that they saw that, hey, I wasn't, just because I had this obstacle in my life, I wasn't going to just, you know, go into depression or just sit back. No, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to teach my students that if I can fight this, then anything in life is possible. And man, uh, luckily about, you know, two weeks ago, I was told that uh, after my surgery that I was diagnosed undetectable cancer, which is awesome. You know, I'm so happy for that, man. And I know I just want to be an inspiration and also be able to bring this up open to, to all men that, uh, we need to get checked in, 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 at a young, you know, at a young time or don't wait. Um, mine was an accident. Mine was, I, I didn't know about it. The only reason I knew it because they had accidentally gave me my results for my PSA levels because they usually don't check until you're 50 years old. And, and it was a, a blessing in disguise. So I always tell people, to, you know, health over wealth. You know, so so obviously the early detection is what saves you, right? Yes, so I was able to catch it at stage one. Thirty percent was found inside the prostate, um, inside the glands, so it hadn't uh, spread into you know my bones and stuff like that. Um, so I had to, you know I had to make a choice: either do radiation or uh, chemo, or remove it. Um, of course, at a young age, men are very you know scared of all. Oh, well, you know what? What if I do that and my sexual drive or whatever? You know, mm-hmm. and they decide not to do it. Um, I have a friend that he decided to go out that route and 
unfortunately, now that he's 52, they found that the cancer had came back. So now, and they're only giving him like two, three years to live. So again, uh, you know, it's unfortunate, but I think I made the right choice. I was also thinking the way he was, but at the end of the day, you know, four months later, man, I'm, I'm back to normal, uh, you know, and, and luckily, you know, it's, it's going great for me. So again, I always tell people like, you know, stay positive, you know, you're going to have a lot of setbacks in life, a lot of, you know, you know, obstacles you're going to have to go through, but stay positive and, you know, everything's going to come out. Okay. So luckily for me, I, I'm in a good place. I mean, when you're 43 years old, how many kids do you have now, mate? So I had my kids when I was man, almost 16, 17 years old. <laughs> yeah, I started at a young age. My, my daughter, she's about 24. My son, he's about 22. Um, they live in Los Angeles where I grew up. And then I have my two stepmother, two kids. She, my daughter's 17 um, in college already. And my son, he's 15. And they all, you know, they're, they're one of the best things that could have happened to me. And obviously my wife, uh, Beth. So, I mean, I suppose when that news came along, not only was it just absolutely terrifying for you, but then there's also your family that's been thrown this burden as well. And I'm assuming all your friends and all your students and all the people that work with you. So you're not only carrying that burden, but now kind of everyone has got that, that feeling that, um, you know, it's going to affect them as well. So when, when you heard this news, how long did it take till the positive mindset started kicking in? Because I'm sure you, you, you know, you hear that news and you're shocked and you're scared. When do you like to start turning it around and going, you know what? No, I'm not going to let this beat me. How long does it take for that to happen? So I'm going to tell you, like, I didn't really. So I went to, the, to you know, a urologist and they told me exactly, hey, I got it. And that day when they told me, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like, I'm training every day, like hard and I feel good. There's no, so there was no symptoms. You had no nothing at all. Nothing at all. I was just training and I found out and then he told me and I was like, man, you gotta be kidding me. And man, that weekend when he told me, he told me Thursday, that weekend, man, I was just like sad and just, you know, hitting myself away from everybody. I didn't really demonstrate it to my students. You know what I mean? I, um, I didn't want them to know exactly what's going on until I had, a, you know, a plan set in place. Um, obviously, my wife, she was very supportive. She was there for me. We did a lot of research. And without her, man, I wouldn't be, you know, where I'm at today. Um, but honestly, man, I stayed positive right after that weekend. A Sunday night, I talked to my wife and I'm like, listen, I'm not going to let this stop me. I'm going to continue to do everything that I need to do for all my students, everybody at the academy. You know, we're not going to say a word. We're going to go in there and just keep doing our work. You know, of course, I thought about it, but during you know even even before that i've always i've always kept that positive energy in my gym because people can feel that and i didn't really tell them anything for a while until i knew i had my surgery my surgery date and i told them hey guys you know what this came up uh, I, you know I, I support you know i i'm thankful for all the support you give me going into surgery i'll be back asap um the doctor told me six to seven months um a week later i was in a you know at the catheter and i was already teaching class i didn't wait so again i wanted to teach you know i wanted people to take it and see that anything is possible we have that strong mentality 
you're not going to let anything overcome you. And, you know, I was prepared of whatever was going to come after that. I suppose this, this quote that I wrote down that you had written on your Instagram kind of makes a little bit more sense now. You said here, life isn't meant to be easy, it's meant to be lived. Sometimes happy, other times rough. You learn. Every ups and downs have lessons that make you strong. Yes. yes. And, and so what lesson did you learn from all that situation? Man, the life is too short. You mm. know, you just got to enjoy every moment, every, every win, every loss. And it's just, you know, health over wealth is what I learned from, from the whole thing. And now I try to take vacations. Uh, before, man, I was just a workhorse. Now I take time with my family you know, kind of separated. I made an extra day off during the week to spend with my wife. We call it Wednesday. It's just wife day. Um, <laughs> it's no good. Just shut it down. So, man, I just take that and I, I try to pass it on to everybody that that um, that surrounded me just to, you know, stay positive, keep that energy. And again, you're going to run into obstacles, but it's up to you if you want to stay back or you want to get ahead. And that's what I took from all this. Yeah, I mean, it's some, it sounds like you did it pretty quickly. Some people take a lot longer when, you know, to try and get it out of the way quickly like you did is just highly commendable. And everything's good now. You're all healthy now and there's no chance of it coming back. Um, so right now um, it was undetectable. So they didn't detect any cancer. Um, I think the first two years I have to go get blood work every three months just to make sure that my PSA yeah. is under 0. 0.5, which was, uh, I think mine came out at 0. 0.04. So it was way, way lower than what, what it usually is. Um, so now every three months for the first year, then the next year it'll go to six months if everything's good. And then after that, I think for the next three years, it's every year. So after that, then I could actually say, hey, it's, it's not, it hasn't came back and I'm good to go. Well, I mean, there you go, guys. Like Coach just said it, there was no symptoms. He wasn't in pain. Nothing was happening to him. He just, they caught it by accident, found out he had cancer. If he hadn't have caught it by the third or fourth stage, he probably wouldn't be here having this conversation with me right now. So, guys, if you're in your – look, I'm just about to hit 52, and I still haven't had mine checked. I'm going to make it a point to go in the next couple of weeks and get this done because, um, as you say, don't know what's there until you get it checked, and, and it could save your life. Yeah, absolutely. And then I try to, you know, preach it now that it's happened to me. I tell everybody, go get checked, man. I know yeah. you say, oh, man, I'm not going to have no doctor do this, do that. Things have changed. They don't put their finger in your butt. You're fine. Uh, but, what? They don't? <laughs> Damn it. Right? It's <laughs> but uh, I mean, don't worry about that stuff. At the end of the day, you're going to have to do it. Um, when I was researching this prostate cancer stuff, it's one of the biggest things that go on in men. One in six men. We either have either have it or we'll get it at some point. One in six, so that tells you that um, it, it'll it'll be there. And also, obviously, genetics. If your family yes. has anything, you always get checked for that and continue to monitor it. So what we're going to do, guys, we're going to put a link in the description uh, right underneath here, which can um, send you to, to get any information on where you can get checked or how you can get checked uh, and information on this deadly friggin' disease that's just, I wish it was gone. Um, all right, Coach, well, I'm glad about that. Let's switch it up a bit. Talking about loss and talking about, um, you know, getting up and getting back. The last time I saw you was uh, after Brandon's fight in California. 
Man, it was it was uh, it was it was hard to be there. I'm not, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it was hard to be there because I could see that although people were trying to celebrate, there was still you know there was a lot of hurt and there was a lot of pain. And um, how's Brandon doing? And 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 how do you move on from you know a, a loss like losing a world championship? Yeah, so you know obviously it was a tough fight. Um, it could it was really close. I thought mm. we, had, we had pulled it off. You know, unfortunately, we don't really. The, the moment you leave it to the judges, it's kind of a little tougher. Um, but, you know, he was in good spirits. We, we we sat down after and we looked at the, we watched the fight and we went over a couple things, you know. Um, and again, we're back on the horse on Monday right after that and making adjustments, seeing what they made. They made some great, great adjustments. Um, we expected them to chop the leg, um, you know, so that was expected. I feel like we could have been a little bit more uh, grappley, uh, more clinchy, like we did in the second fight. But again, it's it's a fight, and uh, they made some great adjustments. We're gonna make our adjustments, and we're ready to go. Um, we're hoping, hoping uh, soon we have some information about that for the fourth one. Um, but he's in good spirits. We're back on there. We're already making those adjustments, and um, we'll be ready. Yeah, it, it definitely was a close. It de definitely was a close one, and and for him to win the first, um, them to draw in the second, and then Brandon to win the third, and then very very close in, uh, you know, the fourth is going to make uh, is the make or break fight. Do you think? Because they've all been so close. It's it's kind of back and forth, and now this one. The, what would you call it? The quadruple. I, I guess that's what you would call it. Yeah, yeah. This is one. I think this is the first in history that that'll, that'll happen. Um, of course, obviously in the second we finished him um the third obviously you know it didn't go our way but i think in the fourth we're gonna put the nail in the coffin um like i said they made it they made some adjustments and this is the fight game and you have to uh, get better and make those adjustments as well um and again I, I think uh brandon's doing a great job of making those adjustments he's a great learner he's he's quick i, I started working with him after his first fight with uh, Figueredo, he uh, came to the gym. My wife told me, hey, there's some Brandon Moreno guy coming up. I'm like, oh, Brandon? And he walked up and I saw him and then I was, he's like, hey, Puff, I need some help. And I'm like, man, let's go. And obviously you saw the adjustments we made in the second fight. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yes. And um, I, I even called it. Jason House and everybody, they were asking me and I'm like, We'll wear them out and we'll finish them in the third with a rear naked choke. Obviously, I couldn't be there. I had my own show that I was running, uh, EUG Promotions that I do here in Vegas. and um, But I was watching at the same time the fight. And when I see him take his back, I, I knew that was going to be it. So I was just so happy for him, man. He works so hard. You know, he spends a lot of time with his family. And he's just, you know, he deserved it. And again, you know, we'll, I feel like the fourth one, we'll get it back. We're still, I feel we're still on the A side. I mean, they need us more than we need them, you know, and uh, we're going to make it happen. Yeah. I, you know, I've had Brandon on my podcast a couple of times. He's definitely one of my favorite guests. Uh, he's just such a really good guy. And uh, I just I just love being around him. His energy is so positive. And uh, yeah, he's just he's just a great kid. And, and I just I just wish nothing but the best for him. Um, so let's talk about this for a second. Hang on. Let me just uh, let me just get this information. Out. Oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about let's talk about um, corridos. Okay. 
So it, now, just from what I've kind of learned, it's a story. It's a story that's written by um, Mexicans. Um, it is not mariachi. Okay, it is more of um, stories of life. Would you say that's correct? That is correct. Um, now these guys did a fantastic one for Brandon Moreno, and then I came across yours a few days ago, and I've I've found I'm, I'm just I've caught onto that as well. Now my lovely fiance is of Mexican is Mexican descent, so she had to kind of um, translate what it meant, and I really loved it. How did that come about? How did that? Where did that come from? And how did you? Uh, get this done for you. Yeah, so uh, uh, one of the guys, shout out to Ariel. He is uh, one of the amazing, uh, he produces the songs for Corrido Para Peleadores. After, um, when I started working with Brandon, he hit me up and he's like, hey, I would like to do a Corrido for you. And man, like, just to have your own song about your life. Yeah. Very, 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 like, it was just amazing for me. And, um, he made it and I heard it and I was like, wow. Like, so a huge honor to be able to, to be part of, of that and be part of, you know, Assassin Baby and some of the best fighters that came out of Mexico. And man, it's just, I didn't expect it, you know, go, go listen to it on Spotify, go check it out, Sangre Azteca. And uh, man, you know, it's just, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. I mean, I love that kind of music anyway. And um so just just i mean and when i heard the brandon one i love that one and then of course when i heard yours i love that one as well so yeah so go and check it out on spotify and the way that us the way that us aussies say it sangria azteca all right that's how i say it is that right coach sangria azteca yeah yes, yes yeah nice so so let's jump into i mean out of all of these titles that you have and there's so many of them here and i, and I just can't believe that you have that many what would you say which one stands out for you more than any of them what's the what's your what's your favorite go-to um title that you won you know what honestly you know i don't know if you ever heard mike tyson but they asked mike tyson at one point like all these titles that you have mike boom 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 he's like man it's just it's just there like honestly the biggest title for me is seeing my students succeed that to me is worth more of the titles that I have because um, I'm able to give back and see and allow them and see them live their dream. Like, you know, Brandon and, you know, I have Giovanna and Brian Zutra that just fought on PFL, getting a contract, Kasula, um, Liam Hill, just a bunch of different guys that I work with, Valentina, Antonina, Claudia Gadelia that I, was able to see Khabib, you know, be part of his camp when, you know, he fought Connor. And it's just been amazing to, to be a part of that. And just to see that how it changes their lives is amazing. So honestly, I mean, titles, you know, like I tell everybody, you win Saturday by Monday. No one gives two shits who you are, who it is, because at the end of the day, they'll remember, they won't remember that. And to me, yeah, it was awesome to be able to do that. But I feel like if I can change the lives of others, I've done my job. And that, to me, is worth more than anything else. So you pretty much just answered my next question, which was going to be, what do you get more satisfaction out of, winning those titles or helping other people win titles? And you just answered the question. Everyone else, you know, like just to see their – their. you saw Brandon when he won his, man. Man, it's just emotional. All the hard work, all the hours and the time that you put in. Um 
Kasula being able to come back and win a, a lot, of, you know, start fighting all these prospects and just knocking them down. You know, just that right there. Um, some of my, my kids, Frank Cespedes, uh, Helena, my 14-year-old that just goes out there and just, you know, dominates in their fights and seeing them grow and being able to, to build their name and their brand is awesome for me. So again, I, you know, I, I do the yelling and they do the work. So that to me just, just makes it even more. more so the kids are following in dad's footsteps as well, Hector? No. So that's one thing, like everybody's like, oh, your kids are so good. I said, listen, I give them the opportunity to choose if this is for them. To me, I think education is so more important, comes first. Because I feel like for me, I was a civil engineer and I have a backup plan. I feel like they need a backup plan. If this is what you choose, also make sure that you have a backup plan because you can get injured and then your career could be over. You need to have something there. So my daughter, she, um, she wants to be an eye doctor. Um, she's going to college for that. So I don't really, she trains here and there, but I don't really push her. My son, he's still in high school and I still have him um, teaching classes with the kids. So he understands, you know, maybe he doesn't want to have a child or something because he has to deal with kids all day, but Sam, he, he's a good kid. My son, Anthony, he's doing well. My daughter, Giselle, she's out there in LA and um, they're doing great, man. I'm happy. Um, I'm happy that they're happy. And again, it's whatever path they choose, I will always support them 120%. So how long have you been in Vegas for now? So I've been in Vegas for about six, about six, seven years. I moved here in 2015. Um, I was invited here by, um, Sean Shelby's, uh, wife, Helen Shelby, which again, always grateful for everybody that comes into my life and, and gives me the opportunities. If it wasn't for them. I wouldn't be here. Right. So all forever grateful. Um, I got here also one of the, one of the guys that man opened the doors for me a lot was Ali Abdelaziz. Opened a lot of doors for me, man, and, and gave me the opportunity to work with some of his guys and bringing his guys to my gym. So again, another guy that, that I'm thankful. And man, it was funny because came out here, I didn't know nobody. Um, they told me, hey, move down here. They FaceTimed me at a place and I was like, oh, looks nice. All right, you need to be here Monday and open the gym. I was like, oh man, I'm opening the gym. Threw my stuff and I told my cousin to you know, take care of the house and you know, after that, jumped in my BMW, threw a microwave in there, threw my clothes, off to Vegas, and got him. You know, had to make it, had to make it happen. And and it's it's all been uphill from there. And you're working with some amazing fighters from the industry uh, all over the place. Uh, you're heading to London very soon, right? Yes, yes. Uh, so we head out Tuesday to London. Um, one of my students, uh, Rodrigo Casula Vargas, is fighting. Uh, Patty the Batty, right? Tough fight. We're going to enemy <laughs> enemy grounds, and again, we're prepared. We're ready. Um, it's going to be a tough one. I know Patty comes out very aggressive. Uh, you know, creates chaos and gets to his position. So we 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 got a good game plan. We just need to stay calm, weather the storm. It's going to be loud. Probably going to get bottles thrown at us. Only three, four Hispanics and in London. <laughs> um, so I'm excited for it, man. I, I wish, uh, you know, I wish everybody the best, but we're there to win and, you know, come back with a victory. Definitely looking forward to that. Uh, I've had Patty the Batty on the podcast as well. Do you think that uh, a win over him will 
um, significantly bring your names out there a little bit more because even though he's only had one fight in the UFC, he's a pretty well-known name in the uh, MMA world. Yes, yes, man. It's it's a great opportunity for, for us, you know, um, to make some noise. He's got a big name. Uh, when they presented that fight to me, um, Casula sent me a message. He's like, hey, I got a, a new opponent. And I he sent me a picture and I was like, oh, man, got to be kidding me. Um, it's a tough fight, you know. Pat, yeah. he's a good, he's good, good everywhere, and uh, we're well-rounded as well. I feel there's a couple little holes that we found that we saw in his last fight. Um, yeah, he's da- he's very dangerous. He's very dangerous, even when he's he's being hurt. So we have he stays very calm in those situations. He doesn't mm-hmm. panic. So we have to be very careful with that. And uh, Matt, it's going to be a great fight. Um, but I, I think we're going to pull off a, a little upset. Um, Casula's not easy to take out. Uh, mm. Obviously, he could take a punch. And we're curious. We're curious to see, you know. And, again, he's going to go in there 120% with a game plan, and we're going to go in there with, with our game plan, and the best man's going to win. I believe Paddy was nearly finished in the first round in his last fight. He's got uh, he's got pretty good jujitsu, great grappling, and uh, you know what that rear naked choke of his has always been a signature move. So I'm I'm definitely looking for, and I I just I just love um, I love it when when the fights are in another country because obviously you're going to have everybody from London there. Paddy's uh, Paddy's a, 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 an English guy, so it's going to be all about him, as you said. Three Hispanics there. It's it's good, <laughs> but doesn't that doesn't that give you more um, like armor? Doesn't that give you more? Okay. You're, you're okay. All right. Yep. Bring it. Show me what you give. Give me everything. Does it do that? Absolutely. We're expecting. We're expecting. You know, it's gonna be loud. He's gonna come out strong, trying to just take us out. Take us out right off the bat. We're expecting that. So, um, to me, it's great. We've been the underdogs. I think today, one of my posts, one of my posts that I posted today, and I've been an, we've, I've been an underdog since I was since I was born. So changing the results is, is the goal for me, you know? So again, hard work will make, will change that result. Um, I hope, I hope they didn't take us lightly because they're, they're going to be surprised of how good, well-rounded we are in all aspects. And, uh, man, I'm excited. I'm excited. So you talked about work, working, um, you know, on Khabib's camp. Tell me what you think of um, the future of, they say the future of the 155 pound division, uh, Islam Markachev, um, obviously, uh, you know, has an outstanding record, um, did a great job a couple of weeks ago. And then before that, uh, what do you think of him? And do you think that he is going to be the next Khabib? So I've, I've been around Islam and Khabib since mid 2018, 2017, um, seeing him grow, he's gonna be a problem mm. uh, for everybody. It, it, he's well-rounded, he's got hands. Javier Mendez has done an amazing job with those guys. Um, Khabib as well, they're, they're very tight. They're very, very loyal to each other. They stick together and they help each other. It's amazing to see, man. And, um, I'll tell you what, when they used to come to my gym, I used to watch him and I'm like, man, this kid is good on his back, off his back. I don't really see Justin really giving him a hard time on the ground. Um, 
I think Charles Oliveira, he's got very good ground, very good on top heavy, but Islam and those guys are just another level, man. Uh, unfortunately, I, I, I've, you know, I've been able to see it personally. I've seen them roll with high level jujitsu, you know, guys and ADCC world champions. And man, it's just a little bit different, you know. It just they're built different. They don't get tired. A gas tank for days. And he will will be the next world champion at 155. Does he have one specific thing that makes him stand out, or is he just well rounded in everything? Well, I think the top pressure, um, his pressure on top, and the and his wrestling. They come. They do such a great job in combining the boat together, tying it together, um, and that. And they like to wear people out. They're not spazzy. They're very technical. They take their time, you know, to get to their positions. I don't know if you noticed this last fight when he took Bobby Green down. They work their way from the legs up, inch by inch by inch. And they stay tight so that it's very hard. So you're every time you're trying to get up, it's just draining on you because they just keep coming and they keep coming and the pressure's there. So um, it's just different. Uh, for some people that never felt that, they don't understand. Um, of course, uh, my professor Cobrinha has a, a similar style where I, where I learned from. Um, and that right there makes you realize like how heavy somebody could actually feel at that weight. And, I'll tell you what, Islam is the real deal um, everywhere. And I honestly, I don't really see anybody giving him a hard time to get to where he wants to get to. Who do you really think is standing out in the UFC at the moment, in, in any division? Is there someone that particularly stands out to you that, um, you know, uh, stands out where you think, yeah, they could definitely be a world champion or, wow, we haven't seen anything like this before? Any Anyone like that at the moment? Uh Shamaya, was it Shamaya? Hamza, Hamza. Hazma, Hazma. Um, he's interesting. I, this next fight's gonna tell you exactly where he stands because Gilbert Burns is no joke. Mm -hmm. And Gilbert, I, I've, I grew up, you know, watching him in uh, in jujitsu so much, and he's he's good on his back, he's good on top. Um, I'm I'm curious. After this fight, I would say that would be the guy. But to me, Kumar Usman is, for me, has evolved and keep continues to evolve yep. every year. That that I'm very impressed. I always like to see like guys, like especially his wrestling, coming from you know the beginning of his fights, he was always wrestling. But now that you see him starting to evolve his hands, he's only going to get better. Yep. And he's just he he's starting to put understand and put it together so um, to me Kumar for sure is one of those guys that just gonna continue to go through that division but I'm curious to see how this Burns and, and um, Hanva fight looks that's that's the one that interests me the most definitely definitely uh I'm on the same page as you when it comes to that now just flipping the boat a little bit um uh I had a bunch of people ask me just to get people's opinions on it and it's kind of a tough touchy subject so i hope you don't mind me asking um recently uh cain velasquez was denied bail for shooting at a vehicle and then and then hitting someone in the car um the guy that was apparently that is allegedly had molested one of cain's family members this guy gets out on bail 
Uh, this guy, sorry, this guy gets out with no bail, just has to wear a thing around his, his, his bracelet, yet yet they didn't let Kane out. Um, what are your thoughts on that? And how messed up do you think this justice, justice system is? Um, I feel like that the justice system has gone down. Um, man, I grew up in, in the worst streets of Los Angeles. And, you know, obviously back then, man, they were, they were by the book, you know, you did, you're going now. It seems like they really, you know, let us down in those situations. Um, I think Kane would have did what any man, you know, would have done for their child or a relative. He personally, I would have done the same thing. I feel I would have approached it. I would have planned it a little bit better, but Honestly, I don't know what, at the moment, what he was thinking, right? So I can't judge the way he approached and just, you know, took off and just did it. But I think I would have done a little bit different. I would, but I would have totally done the same thing, yeah. if not worse. So, again, it just, it's sad to see. And I think it's it's the government's fault for allowing him to come out. You you allowed him to come out for him to, you know, do what he did. If you guys would have kept him incarcerated with no bail, which is what you're doing with Kane, then that situation wouldn't have happened. Yeah. When yeah. you do that, that just shows that, man, I mean, either way, we're wrong. You know? Right. I mean, you're allowing this guy to be out in the streets being able to do that to another child, which to me is wrong. But, you know, I hope they free Kane. Um, unfortunately, there's laws in this world mm. you have to follow. But as a Hispanic coming, you know, telling another Hispanic, to me, he did the right thing. And to honestly, man, I would have done the same thing. Pretty much the same sentiments as what everybody has said. So prayers out to Kane and especially prayers out to Kane's family and yes. his wife. Let's hope this passes quickly and let's hope that bastard gets what he deserved. There's a nice place in hell for people like that because there's oh, no coming back. I'm sure he'll get his. And uh, again, you know, God has a way of punishing uh, people. And I hope um, Kane's able to get out. Yeah, yeah. And let's, yeah. let's support him, him and his family. It's it's a tough time, but like I said, I think every man that would have been in his shoes would have done the same thing. Yep, yep, hundred percent. Okay, well, thanks for asking. I mean, I, I get, I just need to ask these things because I need to feel, uh, you know, your opinion, and I and I kind of knew what the answer was going to be anyway. But it's just good to voice it and just to hear it. So. Um, you got London coming up, and then what after that, Coach? What's what's happening this year? Have you got a, a yeah. busy year ahead? So this month of March has been busy. So this uh, this past weekend, obviously, my my student Brian Zucher uh, fought at PFL, the Challenger Series. Yep. He won his his uh, bout with a tough opponent. Um, that was this weekend. We came out with a win. Um, the next one, obviously, is London. Mm -hmm. This coming weekend with Casula. Uh, Yep. Then after that uh, weekend, the following weekend, I have LFA with uh, Giovanna Canuto. She's mm -hmm. an upcoming 115er. She's 2-0, going for 3-0 um, at the end of the month. And then from my understanding, we don't have a date, but from what it looks like, we're going to have uh, the fourth fight with Big yep. Um And then I think that's pretty much up to that uh, summertime. 
that's what we know up to now. So it looks like we're, we're going to be busy. And like I said, we, we stay busy. I'm always constantly training. These guys are constantly training their workhorses. I'm so honored to be working with these guys. Um, obviously, Valentina is also coming up as well. Uh, Antonina is probably going to be fighting on the same card. So a lot, a lot of work going on. Um, but again, I'm just happy to hmm. be able to be a part of their journey and help them in whatever I can. Wow. It's, I mean, it's great to be busy. It's great to have options. Um, it's great to be to be in this industry and hanging around and all these amazing people and these amazing athletes. And sometimes you must pinch yourself and just think, damn, i got a good life. You know, it's it's funny. I've never I've never really been into like, oh my god, you're. I didn't like to corner. By the way, I don't. You don't I, like it. It's not that I don't like it. I just don't like the staying away from my family for like a week and sitting yeah. in a hotel room, mm-hmm. right? And you know, that that was one thing. Um, but to me, I don't really get starstruck. It's like, hey, you know what? He's I treat them like human beings, like they're my a brother or sister or, or one of my, you know, my kids. And I just hope that they don't get hurt. Um, but yeah, a lot of people are like, Oh my God, you work with this guy, man. If you guys only knew like how hard it is to, you know, separate those, it, it, it makes, it makes a big difference when you do. Yeah. And, and you just treat them like normal human beings. They really appreciate that. So, Again, I think through the years, um, just watching my professor work with Verdum and Cyborg and, and all those coming up, I learned so much from my professor Cobrinha that that kind of helped me, like, hey, understand how a fighter feels and how I should present myself as a professional. Yeah, Chris was amazing on the on the podcast. She was great. I will say, I'm not really one to get starstruck. I, I kind of was a bit starstruck when I met Brandon Moreno, but then after five minutes of interviewing him, he's just such a great kid that, that you kind of forget about that and you're just looking at the person. So um, that's, that's one thing about Brandon, man. Like people don't know. I, I mean, I go to his house all the time. We're sitting there, you know, really honestly, when it's just normal, there's no, we talk about just normal things, not fighting, you know, his kids, he's, He's such a great father, you know. His daughter competed recently. Saw that first uh, tournament, you know, and he's out there supporting, you know, that things like that. And yeah, man, I, I've been around him and all these people, you know, they support him so much, coming from nothing and to making it to do something. And I mean, even with that being said, he's still the same guy. That he yeah. When he didn't have anything, so it's awesome. I mean, you you see it. He, he's just different. You know, it's a different kid. You know, it's so so great. I get to talk to everybody and the fighters, the coaches, people from the industry, and it's good to get the backstories. I mean, I love your backstory. I love what you've achieved and what you've overcome. The way that we kind of like to finish out the podcast is that, and you kind of did it at the beginning, but I'll get you to summarize it and give one little quote. Anyone that's feeling a bit down, that maybe needs a bit of an inspirational sentence, paragraph, a few words to light some fire under their ass, what would you have to say, coach? Man, I have to say, listen, man, you know, go after your dreams. Don't ever let anybody tell you that it's not possible or put you down, send you that negativity. I tell everyone this, surround yourself with successful people, you will be successful. You surround yourself with negativity, negative things are going to happen. So you know what? Believe in yourself. You're going to have setbacks, but you're going to, those setbacks will set you up for a great comeback. And again, believe in yourself put in the work, 
Um, there's a saying that, that we have as Hispanics, uh, everybody says hard work. For us, it's trabajo duro. So just put in the work, believe in what you're doing, and don't let nobody ever tell you that it's not possible. Everything in, po everything in this world is possible. And I'm a proven fact of that. So. I mean, there you go, guys. He said it. You need to listen to it and apply it. Um, because it's coming from the heart and it's 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 coming from experience and it's coming from doing actually doing it and it working giving the advice to you brother thank you so much for coming on today um, i'm glad we got to have the chance to to chat i haven't seen you since uh the, the brandon party um, but i'm glad that i got to see you today and um, i'll definitely look forward to seeing you in person maybe i'll come down to the gym and have a roll you can Absolutely. click this i'll click this old man out for a little bit oh. and, and uh and uh we'll definitely catch up again in the future Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And again, you're always welcome to my gym. Come have some fun. Get that little cobwebs up and let's go. It's nice and seeing you. Hope to see you soon. God bless everyone. Take care. And um, I'll see you soon. Thank you so much, Coach. Thanks Thank for coming. You. Thanks, guys. The Marcus Deegan Show. <laughs>